Welcome to the podcast. My name is Toby Zapier and I'm your host. And I'm your host, Susan Zapier. And this is What God Has Done. Where miracles unleash faith. Get a look over there. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Toby Zapier and I am your host. I'm gathered here today with this beautiful woman, my wife. Her name is Susan Zapier. She's also a co-host. But we're excited to bring you What God Has Done, Episode 3, right here, right now. Put your hands together. We're just—that's that, it. We're just using sound effects. That that song was great. I just thought I'd do it. You know, you're like a kid with a toy. I love it. I love it. Go, but go press the button again. No, I'm do not gonna. It. No, no, no. I'm not, not going to do it. But I mean, what I am going to do is I have a special man here. He's a mighty man. Mm-hmm. I'm so pumped to have this guy on the podcast. He's just—he's a legend, man. Ladies and gentlemen, viewers all around the world, we have a mighty man of God here. I've got some credentials written down. I'm going to tell you what they are. He is a Bible college graduate of Freedom School of Ministry. He's been a missionary in Solomon Islands. He is anointed and appointed evangelist of Freedom Center West. Put your hands together, ladies and gentlemen, for the one, the only, Jordan. Ten and eight. <laughs> Welcome to the show, man. Man, so so glad to be here. Um, with the intro like that, man. I was halfway going through. Are we going to go through a, a rap battle here? I feel like fire in the booth. I'm going to start dropping bars. Um, but no, nah, with those credentials, I'm just you know your friendly neighbourhood, Jordan. Like you know, I was thinking about that. Spider-Man. I'm just a friendly local neighborhood Spider-Man. I'm just a friendly neighborhood Jordan. Or some call me JT, so please. JT. Refer to me, Jordan, JT, however you want. Honestly, so pumped to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you for the invite. And um, yeah. Oh, we're can't wait to have to, you. Just can't wait to see what, yeah. we get, where we're going to go. That's it, man. Where God's going to take us. That's it. So what's been happening in the world of Jordan, JT? Uh, in the world of Jordan or in the world of JT, lots been happening. Um, obviously, like you said, I'm at the church at Freedom West. We're really just seeing God move. We're seeing people encounter God. Um, but for myself, um, I guess it's been just me um, with my wife. We're looking after our nephew. Um, shout out to Caden. Whenever he gets to hear this, when he gets older, he's four years old. And I've got my mother-in-law living with me That's it, as well. On. So, um, yeah, just, you know, loving being a part of my family, being doing life. Um, but especially just pumped just to, to be on this podcast because mm. um, I really, really heard a call from God when I was in Bible college, probably about five, six years ago, um, to jump online and start to reach people with what God's speaking yeah, um, to my heart. And so I'm, I'm really just want to firstly say it's a privilege, it's an honor to be on here. Um, and I'm just really excited to see what God's going to do and what he already is doing through you guys through this podcast. Mm. And I really believe that. We're just at the tip of the iceberg and we're going to, you guys especially, um, through your podcast, we're just going to reach millions and, and millions and millions and I'm just honoured to be a part of this podcast. So, yeah, come on. Can't Thank wait. Thank you. We're honoured to have you, Jordan. We are. Honestly. We are, man. You've- um. Sorry, can I say something? Yeah, go for it. I just feel like the three of us have a heart strongly for the lost. Yeah, come on. Yeah. And that's the heart of Jesus. Yeah, come on. 
And this is exactly what this movement is going to be. Lost coming back to the father. Yeah. 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 And prodigals, man. So good. And prodigals. Yeah. You know, there's some prodigals out there, man. Mm -hmm. They got lost during COVID or they got lost, fence, whatever, man. Mm. Our rod's out there, man. Our nets are out there. We're coming to catch you. Come on, man. We are fishing. We're coming to catch you, man. We're fishers of men. We're coming to catch you, you know? But no, nah, man, you've, you've blessed me, bro. Your fire, your zeal for God, man. Just when I'm in the room, when I'm next to you, bro, I'm just like, come on, like, bro, I want to set the world on fire with Jesus with you, man, you know? Come like, on. I just I feel like that when I'm around you. You really encourage me, man. And it's a blessing, bro. It's an absolute blessing, you know? Thanks, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Bit of a bro love going on. It is. It's a bit of a bromance. It yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David and Jonathan. It is. Um, so let's – should we get into it? Yeah. Let's share your testimony. Actually, yeah, let's start with when's the first time you encountered Jesus and what did that look like? Or did you grow up in a church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so for me, um, I grew up in the church. Um, the church that um, we attend to um, – attend. My grandfather started, so that's um, it was uh, I've been through so many names, but we know it now as Freedom Center. Um, so yeah, my my family was a part of the church. My uncles, my parents were pastors. So I guess I grew up going um to church pretty much my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, from all I can remember being part of Sunday school to going through youth, um, and then getting to an older of age that I'm at now, just going to church. But I guess for me, church or God wasn't something that. I was really exploring or as I got older was something I was even really interested in or really keen. Um, I guess with my the way that I was going or my perception about God was that God was just um, the God of my parents. He was a God of uh, religion or it, he was a God that um, required a, for me not to have fun. And that's how I viewed God. Mm. I thought mm. growing up in church, it was like all the things you can't do. Yep. So it was like, I went through, and don't get me wrong, it's not like I saw religion because I didn't see religion. I saw the power of God growing mm. up in church. I saw, yeah. you know, deliverances. I saw, you know, literally people manifesting. I saw signs and wonders, you know, videos of literally somebody who was dead get risen wow. from, from the grave in Vanuatu. Wow. Um, that was Come cool, on. like full-on witchcraft I'm talking about. Like, man, like this, this chick gets brought in <laughs> into this baseball, or it was a basketball stadium at the time. She comes in and they had – actually done witchcraft on her. So what happened was they so they opened her up and they put in grass and they put grass in there and they- Grass. They, yeah, grass. So they feel, because the body needs to be filled. Yeah. So they fill it with grass and they do all these demonic rituals on it. So it's filled with grass and what they do is like demonically they will raise it from, they'll raise it from the dead, the witchcraft, the witch doctors, and will send it out to so scare wait, people. hold on, hold on. They get grass, yeah. they fill her insides with grass yes. and they sew her back yeah, up? Yeah, literally, yes. Okay. This is what, this is like, this is the culture around Vanuatu. Is yeah. this what you're saying? Yeah, correct. Or Solomon's, Vanuatu yeah. or Solomon's? So this is Vanuatu. Vanuatu, okay, right, okay. yeah. So just, just so from background inf- information for me, so my mom, she's Australian, my dad, he was, he was born and raised in Vanuatu. So mm-hmm. what you call an Evan. And so, yeah, so that's like my connection to Vanuatu. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the um, the Nevans out there. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Um, so, yeah, and I remember watching this video as a kid. Um, my grandfather was over there with – they were running in crusade and um, she's there laying down um, and she's being brought in and she's dead. 
Um, and then he just says, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, raise up. And then all of a sudden she sits up and she starts vomiting out all the grass. Oh, man, come wow. on. Yeah, like, Far out. Like full on, yeah. So she's like vomiting and vomiting, regurgitating all the grass oh. and then gets up. And then, as you can imagine, it's all kind of scenes and the glory of God's just breaking out. And yeah. it's just amazing. How old were you when you saw this? Um, so I would have been at the time probably 13. Were you freaked out? Um, honestly, not really. <laughs> Well, yeah. <laughs> just the casual, usual yeah. Monday. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, I honestly, I was, I honestly wasn't too freaked out about it because, like I said, like growing up, I did see a lot of you know like um, deliverances or demonic activity, mm. but also with the glory of God, um, we we saw a lot of that. So it wasn't something to be freaked out about. Mm-hmm. I guess for others it was, but it wasn't something that I freaked out about. I just remember being like, like not really fully understanding it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it wasn't something that shocked me either. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yeah, look, I wasn't seeing that at 13. I must say that is. <laughs> 13. <laughs> That's yeah. incredible. 13, I was begging my dad to buy me a bike because he took it away from me. <laughs> <laughs> and, Jordan's, bro, and Jordan's watching real life. Resurrection. Yeah, I know, man. That's, so <laughs> that's good. real life, bro. Like, I was just like, Dad, can I please have a bike? <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's gold. This guy's seen far out. Riding, r- trying to ride on a tricycle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you grew up in the church yeah. and you saw this. So were you, were you almost like desensitized to it because you saw so much of it? Yeah, look, I don't know if it was the fact that I saw so much of it um, that desensitized me. It was just the fact that even though I saw all that, it was just what I saw wasn't as appealing to what I wanted mm-hmm. or what I believed or what I believed um, I wasn't allowed to get. Okay. So I looked out and I thought, you know what, this whole life of not being with God, so that you know the whole the whole lie of, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll. I mm. thought like, you know, that's taboo. Um and God doesn't want you to do that. And you know, if you do that, you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. Um so I thought, man, like that life looks fun. Like mm. I remember growing up, yeah, and going to school and it was like it came to the part like I was probably, you know, year seven, so however you're old, around that 13, 14 yeah, age, yeah. and everyone's talking about parties, you're going to the parties, this and that. And I remember ha- having to lie, like, you know, because my parents wouldn't allow me to go mm. to parties. Um, and they're like, oh, Jordan, you're coming to the party. And, like, me and all my church friends went to the same school, so we'd lie, like, no, 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 we got another party on. But, man, that party was no party. It was just like a church gathering, a teaching <laughs> night, you know. Um, but then come come around Monday and yeah. we're like, yeah, man, the party was 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 off its head and this and that, but it was just completely not. So, yeah, for, like, for yeah. me, I grew up just thinking, like, God is boring. Even though you see these things, I still thought, like, me as, as a kid growing up, is nothing that I was too interested in. Yeah. So I thought, man, like, I'm, this is just not for me. This is like the God, this is the God of my parents, but this isn't God for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, well. That's so then, all. yeah, so then did you rebel? Was it like a rebellion or? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess if we look back at it now, um, shout out to my parents, um, <laughs> it would be um, seen as rebellion. Yeah, I guess okay. I always kind of felt like, um, yeah, I didn't really fit in to that kind of space. Um, I just from yeah, just remember growing up, just completely not wanting anything to do with the things of God. Not that I was, you know, like this evil kid, mm. wasn't planning, you know, evil things, but just didn't want anything to do with God whatsoever. So I guess any, as I got a bit older, I looked for any opportunity to lie to my parents and mm-hmm. go to parties or, you know, get involved with people that, you know, were doing things that, you, you know, just you shouldn't be doing. Yeah. Um. So any opportunity, I was like, you know, a dog out of the gates, man, I'm, I'm out there. So mm-hmm. yeah. get, that's typically what I did. Um, so yeah, whenever, like, let's say example, you know, it was a Saturday night, I'd, I'd say to my parents, Hey, yeah, I'm going to sleep over one of the church kids house and I'd, we'd go, sl- I'd go sleep over there. 
Um, but really, I'm not sleeping over there. I'm just going to a party, go to a party, and you know, things happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I ain't staying at no one's house. Then come home the next morning. Yep. Yeah. Well. Okay. That's um. Do you think that you felt restricted? Always going to church. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I really did. Like uh, one of my bigger, pa- bigger passions as well, growing up was sport. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I really loved at that time. It was like a toss between AFL football and soccer. Played the both. But for me, I really loved AFL. But AFL was played on Sundays, so um, I wasn't allowed to play on Sundays. So for me, it was a, a it was a big restriction, you know. And I thought, man, like everything that I want to do, I want to love. I can't because of this church, because of this God. Mm-hmm. So I really. To me, God was just a God of restriction and a God of like, you can't do this. Mm. And did that spiral out of control? Um, yeah, I, I think it did. I think it really did start to spiral out of control as I, I, I began to get a bit older. Um, you know, you start to um, hang around. It's not even who you hang around, it's who you want to be. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess um, I started listening to a lot of um, music, especially typically rap. I yep. love my rap, love my hip-hop, but, like, you know, your old school, like, you know, Tupac, mm-hmm. Biggie Smalls, Nas, Snoop Dogg, Do- Do- Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, and um, I was really looking at that and really, really, like, I used to love hip-hop, you know, being so white but yet wanting to be so thug, um, <laughs> in, just wanting to be like that. And I, I remember actually being, I was actually year eight and I'm, I'm hit him up. <laughs> I'm in my room, got the iPod shuffle. You remember those iPod shuffles? Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. I'm like, I printed like old printers. You can't look on your phone. And I printed out the lyrics, and like you know, I've got the the sheets over my headphones in, and I'm just remembering um, the lyrics of hit him up. Um, so yeah, and I guess from there, I, I I thought, man, like that's the kind of life I want to live. I want to mm-hmm. have respect. I want to have power. Um, I want to be seen. Um, yeah, I just wanted people. I wanted people to know who who I am. I wanted to leave a legacy. Mm-hmm. Always chasing to leave a legacy. You wanted, the, the, you wanted to be top G. You want to be have the gangster life. Yeah, just whatever that would have been. Whether it be like you know a gangster life or just to be known. I just wanted to be known. Mm. So whatever that may may look like, I would try and do um, in order to be known or to have control or have mm. power. Almost yeah. like have a community, like yeah. a group of people you fit in with. Yeah, as for well, sure. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I think the thing that that kind of helped it was me and all my friends at the time were all Christian kids all grew up in you know under the same kind of the same house mm-hmm. um yet we all were chasing that together mm-hmm. so like there's powers power in numbers so it wasn't just me by myself there was a good seven six seven of us that were actually looking at that and really going for that okay um and especially some of the older boys that were hanging around like their older brothers we were looking at and wanting to be like and they were obviously a bit older than us and we saw what they were doing mm-hmm. so we thought man like even though they're in the same house with christian parents doing um, you know, kind of subject to the same rules, if you want to say. Um, we saw how they were able to, to do things, so we were kind of taking their lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well. Um, so what was – there's obviously been a turning point because you love the Lord now. Yeah, come on. And um, and you're full of the Holy Ghost. So, Amen. I mean, what, what happened? What drove um, you to kind of change? Yeah. So – I remember this is so this is the story of, of what actually happened when we changed. Um, we were going to a youth camp, you know, as um, you know, you guys are youth pastors, you guys would understand, yeah. you know, you have youth camps at the end of the year. Even with school, any kind of group mm-hmm. generally with involving kids, you look to get away at the end of mm-hmm. the year. So it was one of those times you go to a youth camp. And I remember there was this youth camp that we were going to. It was in the middle of like nowhere. It was just like like in the sticks. And I remember on the way there in the bus, me and my mates in the bus thinking like, where are we, man? No reception, no cell cell phone reception. I'm like, this is an absolute hole. Shout out to my youth pastor at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And I just, yeah, I just really thought, man, like, where are we? What's happening here? Anyway, so we get to this place and I remember it was within the first five minutes, um, we were all in the same room. Like we, and like to be fair, like the way that we were, we were seen as like the kind of the kids that would always create trouble. We, we gained our own reputation within a youth group of just being kids that were not wanting to listen completely opposite to the way the youth youth group is going to be run. Mm. You know, there's people out there loving God, will complete opposite, um, chasing nothing to do with God whatsoever. So we're, so just to give some context and an example mm. of how we work, we get put in the same room, there's seven of us. And um, obviously not, they were, we were in a room and some had bunk beds and everyone wanted the bottom bunk. No one wanted to sit at the top. And so it was like first in best dress. Then we get in and then two of my, two of my mates at the time, um, the way that they were going to decide who was going to get the bunk bed, they were going to punch on, you know, and whoever like wins, win. I want to be punching. I mean, full on like punch on, like we ain't playing wrestling. We ain't doing like wrestling. Like, you know, they're throwing hooks and it wow. got, it got out of control. Um, my friend threw, my friend threw the window. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Through the glass window. Imagine and- the bond. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a payback. Cause you don't take a bond off the kids, right? Yeah. yeah. You'd have to give like <laughs> far out. Those poor youth pastors. Imagine going back to the apostle, or the lead pastor. <laughs> <laughs> and saying, hey. Uh, the accounts are minus. <laughs> We've been saving up all year. All, all year to go on this stuff. And um, yeah, they broke a window. Oh, did a ball get kicked out? No, no. Two kids flew through the window. Flew through the window. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was, um, yeah, it was um, something special. It was yeah. a sight to be seen. So I remember within, like, that was literally within the first five, 10 minutes. Mm. So. By that happening, the youth pastor runs in and he's like, are you serious? We haven't even been here 10 minutes. Um, you know, if you guys don't really, you know, pull your head in, um, we're going to um, send you back to your parents. Your parents are going to have to drive up all this way. And it was like four and a half hours away from where we were. Um, and you're going to have to come pick you up. So like, yeah, whatever, we'll calm down. So we just started to calm down. Little did we know an hour later, we've, we've broken into the guy's property who owns it and we've taken his his fridge and we've taken his <laughs> dining table. His fridge? Yeah, his fridge. You've like, carried yeah, his fridge yeah, out of his house. There's six of us holding a fridge. <laughs> Just holding a fridge out. What and type of youth yeah. camp is this? I'm worried about our youth camp uh, now next yeah. month. <laughs> Maybe let's, let's, let's censor this from your kids hearing this. <laughs> nah. Um, but, yeah, so we get it into the room. We're just like just – that's what I'm trying to picture. Like that's how far like our mentality was. Like we absolutely didn't want anything to do with God, yeah, completely chasing a life away from God. Mm-hmm. So we've done all that um, and we're just hanging out. And it was um, probably that was a Friday night. We arrived there Friday. So it was a Friday night, probably I'd say 10, 11 o'clock. And like I said, me and my mates were all just in the room playing poker at the time. And um, some of their older brothers, it was three, three older blokes. They would have been what would have been around year, if you go by year, year nine, year 10, they would have been their last year being year 12. And they come into the room and they'll like, hey, hey, hey guys, we've had an experience. And we're like, oh, yeah, yeah, here we go, have an experience. But, like, the difference was, like, they weren't our leaders. They were someone that we wanted to be like. Mm. So we thought, man, well, we'll listen to this. Like, what are they on about? And, like, oh, we've had this experience. We've had this experience. We saw a vision and we saw a devil and it was, it was flying around and we, and we we had an experience with God. And I, I just remember at the time thinking, man, these guys are tripping absolute off their head. You know, I thought, like, they were on some, you know, some good mushies or some other mm. was Just just absolutely tripping. Mm-hmm. And I remember at the time, I was like, man, just give me what you're on, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you on? Like, yeah. I want to get on it. Yeah. And um, there are, then I remember like, vividly just say, them saying, no, 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 we've had this experience with God. I'm just like, oh, here we go. And I remember it was probably like, yeah, 11, 12, 
and we're just all sitting down. And what happens is um, from not wanting to hear anything, I remember I'm just sitting there with my legs up and we're on a round, we're on the round, it's like a round kitchen table and all the boys are listening. They're just talking about God, talking about Jesus. And I just remember completely switching out. I can't remember anything to do with the conversation, just zoning out. And so it hits probably now like 2, 2.30. We've got to wake up early. You know, this is the Saturday full-on events all happening, as you can imagine, with the youth camp. And then we all lay in, into our beds and the older guys end up sleeping on the floor. Um, and so we're just laying there and, and they're still talking and like, you know, we're just, I'm just remember just staring at the roof, just thinking, are these guys going to shut up? Like, far out. Are they going to just keep talking about God all night? Mm. Like, you know, I, I want to get away from anything to do with God, yeah. especially conversation about God. Mm. Okay. And so what ends up happening is... um. It's probably three o'clock now and uh, you, you, it's hilarious. Pastor Adam, shout out to Pastor Adam. He was one of my leaders um, in New Zealand. He's on the bottom bunk, poor bloke. He was one of the leaders that got caught in, in our room. So I remember him being being asleep. And I don't know about you, but do you remember when you were supposed to be in bed when you were a child? Yeah. And like you're pretending to be asleep. So you do, you get the fake snore going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, it's impressive if you can hold that for five minutes, yeah? Yeah. Like yeah. the longest I think I did was like two, two minutes because, you know, you usually- get tired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And your parents come in the room, they just do a little little check, you know, one of these, how you going? See if you're asleep. I'm saying, man, he was like full out snoring. And I remember him waking up, like bang, all of a sudden he stands up and he goes, guys, I've been listening to what you've been saying. And I was straight out right in my head. I'm like, what a liar. This guy's talking absolute smack. Like there's no way he's been listening to what we've been saying. Mm. Like if, if if he was listening, can somebody please, can a Guinness Book of Records, please go and give him the longest <laughs> fake snoring that there could ever award. be. Like yeah. that is impressive, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like let, let, let's call him up right now. Like, come on, let, let's, let's send this to him. Because, I wonder if yeah. he still snores. I know. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll ask him. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to ask Grace. We'll, we'll see how we go on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, seriously. So he wakes up and goes, guys, 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 listen to what you've been saying. And you can't change by yourself. And I'm thinking, what? What is this guy on about? Anyway, he gets his phone and he smacks it down. He puts it in the middle of the table and he goes, listen to this. As soon as he goes back down, bang, he's asleep and he's off snoring again. It's like he slept walked. Yeah, man. No, it's, so now what we know, what, what, now what was, we know, it was, it was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit, yeah, man, yeah. speaking through yeah, him yeah. as he's, he's sleeping. And it was amazing. But at that time, I'm thinking, man, what is this guy? What is he on about? He's on the mushies as well. <laughs> That's what you were thinking. No, you're just, like, he's no. tripping. I'm just thinking like, no, like you're lying because you were asleep. So like it wasn't making sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I knew it was, something was happening. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, so he gets his phone and he puts it down. And it's actually a, about this guy and it's, who had 24 minutes in hell. And it's this, it's this, this man in America who actually has an out-of-body experience. The Lord takes him and puts him in hell. Mm. So he puts he goes, listen to this. And it goes for about an hour, hour and a half because it goes into detail, but it's 20, he experiences 24 minutes in real time. And at that time, it was breaking out to about 4.30 now. It's going on nearly 5 o'clock, 5.30. And I remember all, we're all listening to it. And, you know, you, you're in the room. You can't help but not listen to it. And... I just remember laying there just thinking, oh, this is just all crap. Even though, remember, I've seen all these things happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I just, 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 so was my heart not wanting it, not wanting God. I was just like running away that I thought, no, like anything to do with God, I'm just going to try to shut down mm. say, no, nah, it ain't real. Was there a little, was there something you knew that was like, this is real? Honestly. Was there like a, a, a tug of war? No, at that time, no. no. I can honestly okay. say like there was no conscience of me to say that, yeah, this could be real. Yep. I just shut it down like, no, this is not real. Yep, yep. You didn't want it to be real. Yeah, correct. You yeah. knew it was real, yeah. right? Because yeah. you saw signs, wonders, Oh, for sure, 100%. Yeah. So you couldn't deny that there was a God. 
You just didn't want him to be real because that would mean you'd have to yes up everything. Do you think? Yes and no, because I actually got to a place where I, was, I didn't think God was real. Oh, wow. Really? Like, honestly. And I really thought, no, nah, God is not real. Mm. Like, it's not real. It's, it's something going on over there and it's not real. Mm. Genuinely. So it's about 6.30. We've had half an hour of sleep in the morning. And I remember my mate wakes up on the top bunk and we all get around. He's like, hey, boys, I want to speak to you. I'm like, yeah, what's going on? And he goes, hey, guys, when you went to sleep, I decided to give my heart to Jesus. So I remember at that time, as soon as he said that, I piped up. I said, man, if you, these words, if you want to give your life to Jesus, man, we can no longer be friends. Are you serious? Mm. Are you serious? Like, why would you want to give your life to Jesus? And I was angry about it. Mm. So angry about it. Thinking, man, why would you want to give your life to Jesus? Like, you choose Jesus, you go over there. And like, you being young, you think your boys are your life and Mm -hmm. they're going to be, they are everything to you. And I thought, man, like, you're going to choose this over us. You're like betrayed. Yeah, yeah. I felt betrayed. Yeah, okay. Mm. And I was really upset, like really, really vivid, like so upset. And I used, you know, other language I won't say here, Um, but just so upset about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. And, you know, shrugged it off. And so the day went on. Um, and Saturday night we're wrecked. We haven't slept. And I remember like, you know, we, we like just the people that we were, we loved adrenaline. Like, so we had like, we had a stack of like vegan energy drinks. <laughs> and I remember some of the older boys, like, you know, um, not the boys that came in, but they took our drinks. And to us, like, that's a no, no. Like we were always looking to fight We're you know, whatever, trying to prove ourselves, always wanting to punch on, always just looking for any opportunity there was to try and fight. Mm-hmm. So I remember they've taken these V's. We go back, who's taking them? Who's taking them? We go into their room and we see that they're drinking our V's. Yeah. And everyone's having breakfast because we've slept in. Mm. So we've got up, we've re- ran to the cafeteria, you know, we've, <laughs> we've gone there. Or, you know, all our tops off thinking like, you know, we're superheroes. We've run in there and we've seen all, the, all these boys, they're all sitting there and we're like, well, let's go. You know, we're running in, trying to rush in, trying to, trying to get in, trying to punch on all the leaders, stand up. And it's this big thing that they're throwing us out and it's just, you know, poor kids. There's like, I don't know, I make 60, 70 other kids that are there trying to experience God, man. Oh, man. And yeah, yeah, we're, we're right. out here just running out like these demons, man, just coming in, trying to cont- just fight over these. And it turns into this whole thing during breakfast. And I remember, like, you know, everything gets calmed down. We get put back into our room. And there's just the leader at the time, the pastor comes over and he's talking to us in our room. And he goes, oh, boys, what do you, you know, what do you want to do? What do you want to do about this? And I remember at that time, very strangely, for some reason, I just decided to say, you know what, boys, let's just let it go. Mm. Like, let's just forgive him. Well. And that wasn't like me. Like, mm. like I would not, I was one to hold grudges. I was one very angry. Mm. One thing about me, I was just very angry, always looking like, always like I wanted to use people. So if you couldn't give me anything mm-hmm. that I didn't want anything to do with you, I was, if you're my friend, you're my friend and I'll do anything for you. Mm. Yeah. But I'm not looking to bring other people in just like, you know, whatever I can get, I can get. And if you're with me, you're with me. If you're not, you're not. Mm. So that was strange at that time. I thought, man, Anyway, so we decided to forgive them for some reason. Is and that reflecting now? Yeah. Or back then, were you thinking, why am I saying forgive them? Or yeah, yeah. So no, yeah, you were right. even questioning why am I even saying this? But I'm just going to do yeah. this anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. So, like like lifetime, I'm actually at that time saying mm. to them, saying to myself, like, why did I say that? Mm-hmm. But I just I just felt to say it. So I say I'm like you know I'm just like shoot from the hip kind of guy. You know, just say whatever whatever's going to happen happens. It's that. Were you like the alpha of the group? Uh, I wouldn't say that I was the alpha. I, th- yeah, okay. I, I felt like we, we were all alphas. All right. 
Yeah. If that makes sense, yep. you know, like. But well, if one said something, the others would back it up. Yeah, like for you were sure. That tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like honestly, like I'd say we we're all alphas. Yep. And would whatever one would say would all back up, you yeah, know. Yeah, I get you. Yep. Would all do the same things? Would all push the limits? You know, mm. we all, but like mm. we would always back each other up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So it gets to that night. It's a Saturday night. And we decide, like, just to show how close we are, is we all shave our heads. Like go go skinhead full, full gang yeah, yeah. mentality yeah. going on at, at, at a youth <laughs> and, camp yeah and steal another fridge yeah yeah literally <laughs> yeah. Saturday night we're all shaving our heads because we you know like we didn't even do you know the funny thing is thinking about it now like when we get into it it was actually prophetic it was actually prophetic what we did shaving our heads it's like it's like when Job makes a covenant to the Lord mm. yes. and when he shaves his head yeah yes. and like so like we shaved our heads not knowing what was going to happen mm. so we end up shaving our head all our hair off. We're, we're doing it because we wanted to be skinheads. And I remember getting the photos out, you know, sending it to girls before MSN, Snapchat and that. Yeah, yeah. You can look at cool we look, you know, these skinny dudes with, you know, six packs, not because we work out, but, you know, just because we're skinny. <laughs> and thinking we're all cool. And like, yeah, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're gangsters, we're this, we're that. Anyway, so being it the Saturday night, we're all going to go to sleep. It's probably like nine o'clock. Um, you know, we were up there the night before, hadn't slept. And um, Daniel, his name is one of the older guys that actually um, we were looking at. He said he had his encounter with God. He actually comes up to us and we're sitting outside and he's like, hey, do you want to come to a prayer meeting? I remember like straight away saying, no way, no way in hell am I ever going to come to a prayer meeting. Like, I'm only, the only reason I'm here is because I had got to be here. Mm. If I didn't have to be at this camp, I wouldn't be here. I just say, so just no, I'm not going to ever by my own free will or choice want to come to a prayer meeting. Like you got no hope. He's like, no, nah, just come, just come. I said, no, 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 not me, bro. You can go with someone else. So we end up going to the room, all of us boys, and we all get into bed and we're just laying there. And all of a sudden, five of the boys, so the seven of us, they decide they want to go to the prayer meeting. I remember getting so angry at the time, mm. just going, swearing, going off my head, saying, are you, are you serious? You want to go to this prayer meeting? Are you? What are you on, man? You want to go to a prayer meeting? And I just remember just thinking to myself, <laughs> you are an absolute tripper. Like, I don't even know you anymore. Like, mm-hmm. that was my kind of heart state. And my other mate, at the time was up in the other bunk bed. And you know when you're, you're half in between sleep, mm. you're just like, you know, dozing off. And then all of a sudden I hear Jordan, Jordan, I wake up, what's going on, what's going on? And my mate at the time, he's like, hey, do you want to go to the prayer meeting? And I just think, I just remember in my head, not you too. Mm. <laughs> but it was the next few, three words that got me. He's like, we'll go to mess it up. So straight away, it's like, you know, when a dog's ears, hears a sound, ears get up, man, my ears ping up, the antenna's up, my bang here, and well, let's go, we're going to go. And I thought, Let's go, go run amok. Yeah, run amok. Mm. Like, you know, run amok at a prayer meeting. What's going on here? So we end up going. I remember we walk in at the time and um, we walk in. Um, we're just in an old hall and I was sitting at the back. Had my, my, I remember vividly black hoodie, black hoodie on, zipped up, up to there. You couldn't see my eyes and my nose. And my other mates were a few rows in front of me. I'm at the back. And then all of a sudden, they all, all the mates that we're all going with, they all walk out before the prayer meeting starts. Like, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And I'm so angry at that time. Like, you told me to come to this prayer meeting. Now you're all leaving. Are you serious? Mm. What's going on? Anyway, so I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to get up and go. I'm just, I just remember being so upset, like so angry. Mm. Like, I was actually so, so angry. I'm like, I'm going to lose it. Mm. And then as I go, turn to go and get up, my mates walk back in, they sit down. But then behind them, the three boys who I said at the start of the camp, who we looked up to, who were living a lifestyle that we were chasing, who said they had an experience with God, they walk in. And I kid you not, as they walk in, their faces are glowing. Wow. Like light, like, wow. like a light. 
Like a light. I feel like that song. Like a light. Like a light. <laughs> hey. Like hey. a light. Hey. <laughs> that's what I like. No, nah, literally, like yeah, a yeah. light, man. Yeah. Like a fog light, like like a light that's like a literal light, man. Mm. And I'm thinking, man, am I tripping? Could you see their face or was it just a glow? No, it was a glow. Oh, wow. So like I actually, I, yeah, I actually couldn't see. I, yeah. I, can, I couldn't see. Their, there was no figure of the face. Oh. Just, I could only see the light. Wow. And I oh, just, wow. Like yeah. you actually couldn't make out their face. No, no. You knew I, it was there. But I knew because of the way that they were dressed and their body. Wow. As soon as they walked through the door at that very instant. So what do you think, bro? Like you see, well, how many of them? Three. Three of them. Three. Three of them. Come on now. And I'm like, what is going on? And they're all, they're all beaming light. Yes. But what it looked like, it looked like obviously only I could see it because no one talked about it. Oh, wow. Were you, you know like, hey, man, can you see this? No, nah, because like I said, I was sitting by myself and my oh, other mates okay, walked in front. Right, and so I'm right. just thinking, what is going on? Yeah, and and yeah. I just thought I was having a brain fade or tripping out, you know? Because yeah. you haven't had enough sleep. Or yeah, yeah. You've been you know? on Vs. Yeah, exactly Still right. Still in fridges. <laughs> Still in fridges, you know? <laughs> it's not sleeping. And so there you go, sit down. And we all sit in the circle. I said, all right, whatever. So we're sitting down and the, the guy at the time, Daniel, he's sitting. So let's just say, Toby, you're Daniel mm. and I'm me. Yep. And you're the, you're the middle and, and I'm in the middle. And then on the right side of us, there's people. On the left-hand side of us, there's people. Mm. So I'm sitting, bam, struck in the middle. And he goes, hey, guys, we're going to pray to God. And I thought, yeah, whatever, man. But he's like, I want to do something different. I said, I'm different in a prayer meeting. Here we go. He goes, look, for the first time ever, I want you to pray from your heart. Mm. Like pray from your heart. Don't pray like you know. Just pray from your heart. Sort of whatever, man. And goes to the first person, and it's a girl, and she starts crying. She starts crying. You know, she's crying out to God. And I thought, oh, whatever. Second one, it's another girl. So I was crying, crying, crying. She's bawling out her eyes, and I thought, you know what, man? She's probably, you know, it's her time of the month. You know, girls are emotional. <laughs> you know, I didn't really think anything of it. Yeah. And and I was the last one out of my seven mates, so it goes around. And like, I don't know about you, but do you know when you're you're in class or something, you're trying not to laugh, or you're just anticipating something, you're waiting for your friend to do something stupid. Mm. So I just remember sitting there, like you know, just have your eyes closed, and I'm like doing one of these, covering my face, looking. I'm waiting, waiting. I'm like, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? Mm. Nothing's happening. I'm like, okay. And all of a sudden, I just hear these tears and this crying. And it's my friend breaking down and crying out to God, just fully breaking down and crying out to God. And at that moment, I'm like, okay, shit, this is real. Mm. Like, this is real, man. Mm. What is going on? Like, pastors are pastors. Your parents are your parents. But my friend... Now he's breaking down. Yeah. Now he's crying out. Yeah. Something is going on because mm-hmm. that's not, he wouldn't do that. Yeah. Mm. We were chasing a completely different image and figure. You're going in the opposite direction. Correctly. So we were look. We we're trying to look. You know, completely different to the, mm-hmm. that. We wouldn't want to cry. Like you were there to mess it up. Yeah. Exactly. And now this guy's yeah, crying. It, exactly. Something's right. Going so on. I'm yeah. now straight away something's happening. Then it goes to my second friend, exactly the same thing. So it's like she's the, the girl at the start starts bawling. The second girl starts bawling. My first mate starts bawling. Goes to my other mate, same thing, bawling and bawling and bawling, crying out, like fully crying out, breaking down, calling out to God. And it's, now it's my third friend and he's bawling his eyes out, breaking down, crying out, crying out. Then the fourth friend, same thing, fourth, fifth, and it hits the sixth. So I'm next. And I remember at that time, I just hear all these voices 
saying, pass, don't pray, pass, don't pray, pass, wow. don't pray, pass, wow. don't pray. And I bend, I bend down and I, I put my, my head as close as I can towards my knees and I'm thinking, I'm not going to pray, I'm not going to pray, I'm not going to pray. That's what I'm saying. And then all of a sudden this moment happens and it's like a bubble comes around me and I'm in a bubble. I can't hear anything. Like, you know, when you, mm. you're, you're like, if you put a pillow, mm-hmm. you can just hear muffled voices. Mm. All I hear is muffling. I can't hear anyone speak. And then all of a sudden my life flashes before my eyes. Literally, like, you know, if you've got a book and you, you let the pages go down and, mm-hmm. drrr, mm-hmm. and then you can, you can see a picture. And so that's what it's like. It's like my life flashes before my eyes and all I see at the end of the road is me dead. Wow. Dead. No life. And I just remember being so freaked out at that time. And so it comes to me and I remember all I wanted to do was my hand. I remember trying to put my hand up to say pass at that time. Oh. Come on, man. And I just remember just like I wasn't like whispering. There was one thing that I said to God I wanted him to take away from me and that was from being angry. I was just angry, mm. so angry, mm. so, so, so angry. And I remember screaming like at the top of my lungs, like, you know, like, you know, Eureka, I found gold, <laughs> you know? Yep. Screaming at the top of my lungs as loud as I could, God, if you're so real, change my heart. I don't want to be angry anymore. Wow. And at that moment, at that moment, the glory of God just hits me, the presence of the Lord, and I just start breaking down like I've never, ever broken down in my whole life start just weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping and crying. And the presence and the love of God is just overwhelming me. Wow. And he's just literally, it's a physical, tangible experience in the mm. room, man. Mm-hmm. And the glory of God is just over me like he's touching everyone else at that time. And then as at that time, I remember as that's happening, all of a sudden we're in the room and we're in like an old chapel. Yeah, so can you imagine an old chapel with massive wooden, wooden doors mm-hmm. that you, know, you can't push? All of a sudden at that time, the doors are literally opening and closing, opening and closing, opening and closing. The literal place that we're in starting to shake. Wow. Starts to shake. The light is going on and off, on and off, on and off. There's an old massive window and it's like a hand smacks the window. You just hear boom and it's just shaking and shaking. Then my, one, one of the guys that was coming behind me, he's literally at that exact, all this is happening in sequence like all at the same time. What happens is behind me, my friend, he's actually like levitating and getting delivered. Wow. He's getting delivered now, levitating off the ground. Wow. Off yeah, the ground. Off the ground. Like not, not off the ground, hitting the Are ceiling. Are we talking like I'm talking, just off the ground? Yeah, yeah. So, we, yeah. so, you know, w- w- put it this way. When I look through, I can see completely through the other side. Oh, far out. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And he's getting delivered. That's the power of God, man. He's getting full on delivered at this time. And then at the same but time. You, you had seen miracles beforehand, yeah, but yeah. you hadn't had this encounter with no, God. never. So it didn't drop in your in your spirit, in your soul, the way it dropped it then. Is Spot that on. right? Exactly yep. right. Yep. Mm. This is, that's exactly right. And at that time, every single person in the room, some of these people, like my friend that came, he had knew nothing to do with God. He was brought as a Muslim. Wow. He knew nothing to do anything with God. At that time, every single person in that room starts praying in the spirit. Wow. wow. Come on. In sequence. Wow. At the same time, we had an Acts chapter two experience. Wow, You're in man. the upper room. Literally. That's amazing, man. Like literally. We had an Acts chapter two experience, man. And the glory of God, he hits. And pouring out of the Holy Ghost, man. Yeah. And forever, forever, it was like, it was... My, from that day, that day on, I could never, 
ever deny that God is not real. So that yeah. next day what happens, we have like 20 baptisms in the pool. Mm. I got baptized. I'd already oh. previously been baptized, but I got baptized that, that, that next day all in the pool. I remember one of the quotes. It's so freezing. So one of the girls got baptized. And she's like, it's so cold in here. It's so cold in here. Hey, when she got out, it was not cold, man. She got hit with the power of God. That's it, man. I can yeah. tell you that. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was from there that my, like, my heart wow. towards God forever changed and I was marked by the Holy Spirit yes. in a way that I could never, ever deny. Then that, so what happens is it's a Sunday. We travel back. And I remember it was a Sunday night and we get asked to um, share or they, they leave it open. Because all our parents, like the funny, like the parents don't know, right? No, nah, parents don't know anything. We haven't told anything. The funny thing was, like, like now a bit of a bit of um, foreknowledge was the pastor at the time was actually going went went to see Pastor Peter at the time. He's like, "Hey, can we start running prayer meetings for the youth? This is in a bad way," because it was it was it was just you know, things that weren't good at all. Mm-hmm. And um, little did we know was they've been praying for months, months, months. <laughs> yes. They started praying for us every Monday night at their prayer meetings. Praying, 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 and then this happens. So they open it up. No one's knowing anything. And I remember at that time, I just, I just wanted to get up to share. So I remember for some reason, like you know, when you're nervous, but you know, it's always your heart. Your heart's going a hundred miles an hour. You know, this is the first time I knew the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And so I run up there, and as I'm trying to share, turn into a mess. Just start bawling. Crying, bawling, bawling. All my friends get up at the same time, and we just start bawling and bawling and bawling. So you're all on on stage, yeah. crying. Yes. You're supposed to give a testimony of yes. what happened at the youth camp, but, but we and the Holy Spirit comes upon you yes. guys, and you're just crying yeah. and crying and crying. Yeah. yeah. And so at that time, just like revival, that's when revival starts to hit the church again. Wow. Mm. You know, and like if you speak to so many people. Um, that went to the church, they could actually account to that night being the night that really um, they experienced God in such a supernatural, powerful way. And it's funny enough, like with that V story, I remember one of the leaders getting up and saying like the turning point of it all was actually when for them, one of the leaders, and he goes, well, the turning point that I saw I knew God was doing something was when Jordan and the crew decided to forgive those people for the Vs. Mm. And then because, like, that was a shifting point, you know, obviously they, you know, they were very spiritual with the Holy Spirit and they knew, like, for us that was nothing. But they're like, well, there they saw, all right, now there's, there's something happening here, for you know, for that to happen. And then, you know, with the hair, the prophetically uh, shaving our heads, making a vow before God, and then kind of like that. That's what kick-started me into moving and seeing God move in such a special, but in a supernatural way. Wow. And from there it just, like, kicked on, man. And, man, we started running – Revival, our prayer meetings in school, like it was a whole thing. Seeing the Holy Spirit, man, our prayer meetings, encounters that we're having our youth, like angels, deliverances. You know, our, our youth went to like uh, two hundred people, and it just blew up. How many people were in the youth at the time? This happened, yeah. So at the time, I'd say probably, oh, maybe sixty, maybe seventy, if we're lucky. In that meeting, there was only that came to the prayer meeting probably twenty five, mm-hmm. yeah. but everybody was affected. Yeah, even wow. those that missed out were all affected. Well, wow. yeah. Well, and what do you think, did anything supernatural happen at the church that Sunday night when you went back to, do you reckon everyone was just touched by you guys crying or did God show up in a different way? Well, I think God showed up through our testimony. Yeah, right. So through us giving, because, you know, as scripture says that the testimony of Jesus is prophecy. Yes. So as we were declaring the testimony of Jesus, it actually was prophecy to what he what he wants to do. Come on. And actually on the prophecy out of the mouth of babes, we're young kids declaring mm-hmm. out of a genuine, just pure heart, 
God actually rocked up and started to do such a beautiful work through the church. Wow. Praise God. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I mean, your parents would have been like, oh, yeah. I've sent yeah. angry little Jordan to a, <laughs> to a camp and he's yeah, come back crying. For sure. Touched by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It was actually yeah, from that, it, was like, it just completely took over, took over our lives. Well, you know, especially my life, took over my life. Like from there, I remember that night I went home Sunday night laying in my bed, just like I couldn't even explain it. Like I had a smile. I used to never smile. Ever. I used to, I, I would not smile. I didn't care what it was. I, I'd smile at the wrong things, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember having this smile on my face, first time ever, being in my bedroom by myself, looking up, just smiling, yeah. Wow. Just just joy, just smiling, yes. just just like this big smile, like, you know, from ear to ear. Yeah, yeah. da 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 you know. <laughs> I'm loving it. And I just remember all of a sudden, I'm just, I'm just laying down in bed. And for some reason, I just, the Holy Spirit just starts praying through me, man. Just start praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. Wow. All night. And then that led on for like six months to seven months where there was times like my brother can bear witness and my parents that the Holy Spirit just took over me, man. And I just was praying every single night, like not even like hear me. I didn't seek prayer. And that's the whole thing. Like we weren't even seeking God in this move. Mm. You know, we weren't seeking God. God came for us. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's weird to say, like, you know, you know, you got to seek God. It's true. You come to God and he'll come to you. But at this moment, he came to us first and we responded. Mm-hmm. But it's like he – it was like honestly arresting at that time. I Honestly, that's what I can say. I was like I was arrested for God because I had no – honestly, we had no heart for God. Yeah. Hear me. Yeah. We did not. We had no focus for God whatsoever. But he arrested us at that time. And it was months mm. on months where I was in my room and the Holy Spirit just praying through me all night to like seven in the morning to my dad walking in my room saying, well, he's still awake. And it's just the Holy Spirit, man. And I'm just, just, just visions and dreams and encounters with God that led to school and my friends being saved. Wow. And it was just amazing, man. And like, it was just literally for me, it was supernatural. Like, you know. Did you go back to school and just want to tell everyone? Well, it's funny enough you say that because like when we get home, um, we we're on school holidays at the time. So it was like the Monday and I just remember calling up a lot of my mates saying, hey, bro, man, Jesus is real. That's all I said. You Jesus were, is real. You were that friend yeah. that was like, oh, don't tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, you were the, like yeah, yeah. on the other side. Yeah, yeah, now, literally. Like, nah, I'm telling you, it's his yeah. real. He's like gotta, literally, like, yeah. like I had a lot of friends, like not being arrogant or proud, but I had a mm. lot of friends, you know. Um. And I, that was something that I like to do. I tried to get as many friends as I could. So I was friends with a lot of people. But from there, I saw that telling people about Jesus, I actually, from being one of the most popular kids that going around, I actually became, nobody wanted to be my friend anymore. Mm. And it was very hard. Now I think like it was actually very hard at that age to go through that. Mm. But like, man, all I could not, I could never deny Jesus. It was so real and he was so worth it. Yeah. I want to, I want to touch on something, man. Yeah. I want to really um, speak about, youth kids because we're youth pastors right and yeah. we have the privilege and honor um to pastor youth at freedom center north and um these kids th- this is this is the miracle bro so if your parents let you stay at home if they just let you stay at home if they said because you you wouldn't have wanted to go to this camp right? no nah. You would have kicked up a fuss. Of course. You would have said to your parents, I'm not going to that. Yeah. That's crap. Rah, rah. Yeah? yeah. If they let you stay at home, you know. Have you memorized that? <laughs> but, but, <laughs> There's no staying at home. Yeah, I know, man. But let's say they weren't tough on you, man. Yeah. And this is, the, he would, you would have missed the mark, bro. Yeah. It's true if I didn't attend. Yep. Yeah, and of course, God 
chases you, man. And mm. God could have given you another counter down the road. Yeah. But what a powerful encounter. Yeah. And it had to happen that way, right? But the obedience is, and I, I actually had this word from God. You see, there's the there's the there's the um, the landowner who's got servants, and he gives them he gives them talents, and it says each to their own ability, mm. right? And then he comes back, and he says, "Where's my money?" Right? One says he multiplied it. The other guy hid it in the ground, and he goes, "Why do, you would have just you could have just multiplied this, mm. but you didn't. You lazy yeah. servant, you know." Um, and to the one that he multiplied it, he gave more. Now, the reason why I'm saying this story is, is because children are gifts from God mm. and they're all given to us Amen. based on our ability. Mm. Yeah. They're not our children. They're God's children. We're just managers of what is God and God wants a return on his investment. Right. Amen. And I think as a parent, you have authority. And you have dominion over your children, right? And praise God, like your parents said, it doesn't matter what you think, Jordan. You're going to go to this youth camp, bro. Yeah. You know? And you went to the youth camp and you encountered God in a mighty way. Mm. And that's because your parents stewarded what they got well. So true. Mm. If they stewarded it wrong, who knows, bro? Mm. You could be dealing guns. You could be in jail now, bro. Mm. You know? But it took the obedience of them to say, hey, because God's, God's word doesn't come back void, bro. Amen. It doesn't matter you're in church, you were listening, not listening, you think you're not listening or whatever. Bro, the word doesn't come back void. The word tells us that. His, his word never comes back mm. void. Come on. You know? And even though you would have seen signs, wonders, and miracles, it didn't shift the faith. But yeah. the point is that divinely appointed, but they just kept doing what they're doing, man. Mm. They just kept bringing you to church. Yeah putting you under the word, yep. enrolling you in youth, paying for you to go to youth camp, yeah. but also whether you like praying. it or not. And praying, like Jordan bro. was saying, they were praying for months beforehand. Yeah. And I think we underestimate the power of prayer. So yes, we need to be obedient as parents and guardians and actually discipline our children. Mm. I feel like discipline is looked at in a negative light. It's actually not negative to discipline our children. No. It's actually love. Discipline yeah. is love. Absolutely. So there was like obedience to God, discipline, and prayer. Mm, yeah. That got him to that camp. That's yeah. it. And and what a transformation, man. Mm. Yeah, man. Seriously. Well. Oh God, man. Seriously. Like even now I don't have words. It's just it's it's the power of God. Do you do you feel like after that happened? Because you encountered God and then you saw um, your friend levitating off the floor and then you're like, oh, wow, like everything was just hitting you, like yeah. this is real now because yeah. you had that encounter with God. Were you then like thinking about everything that had happened in your life, like all the signs and wonders and just being like, wow, in awe of it? No, to be honest, I wasn't. It's It, it wasn't uh, all like <laughs> all I was in awe of that experience that happened yep. just there and then. I didn't really think about the other experiences that I saw growing up. It hasn't actually – it actually hasn't happened till probably as I've come of age, you know, now I'm turning 30 next year, 29, reflecting as I've gotten older to actually understand everything that happened when mm-hmm. I was growing up mm-hmm. and actually appreciate and, and um, see how blessed and honored I was to actually grow up around that. But yeah. back then I didn't really, I wasn't really um, thinking about that. Mm-hmm. All I knew is I had my own personal relationship with God. Yeah. And I guess that's what I needed. Yeah. And that's the point. The whole point was, 
doesn't matter what you've been brought up in, we need to understand that God's personal. Yes. And he wants to meet you where you're at because yeah, it's so I, true. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not my grandfather. I'm not my dad. I'm not my uncle. I'm not my cousin. You know, I am me and God wants to meet me where yeah. I'm at. You know, and I guess some of the some of the pressures for pastors, kids, or growing up in church, when you, your your parents are in leadership, it's like you've got to kind of fit the mold, or you got to be like them. Where in fact, where God doesn't want you to, in a sense, yes, be like them because they're imitating Christ, but God wants you to be like Him mm-hmm. and how He's created you. That's and the only good. way you can be like Him is if you're with Him. Yeah. Yep. And I guess that's what what actually birthed out of this whole thing was my own relationship with God. Yes. Like nobody told me what to do or what not to do. Mm. It's just like I just went and cultivated this thing. And, of course, being around growing up, you know, like shout out to my Sunday school teachers, being faithful, and it was all implanted in my heart and the Holy Spirit brought it all up, you know, growing growing up in it. Though it's your own walk with the Holy Spirit and with God that really you got to cultivate and that you've got to spend time with. And that's what I did. All I knew is, just, you know, I'm going to spend time with God however that looked like. And for me, that was in getting in prayer. I was sitting in my room talking to him mm-hmm. and him talking to me and then going to school and going about seeing God do awesome things. What I, like, and for me, I needed that, you know? And the, some of the, the issues are, is when you share a testimony like this, that people are chasing experience or they're chasing a, the same kind, they're chasing an ax too, mm-hmm. when not everyone gets that. Yep. Because and that's the whole point. Like your experience with God shouldn't be based on someone else's experience. You need to, like, God wants to meet you for you and him for himself together. Yeah. Because a lot of people chase a high. Yep. You know, they chase this Paul experience. They chase, they chase a Moses experience. They, cha- they chase a mountaintop experience. And then they say, I'll give my life to God. But it's not everyone's journey is, it's, is individual and personal. Mm. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, it just makes me think of a marriage or a relationship, yeah. you know, like, People get proposed to differently. Yeah, spot women. On. Women yeah. want a extravagant proposal. Mm. They want this. They look at other relationships and they're like, "Oh, I want my husband to do this. I want my partner to yeah. do this. I want this date night. I want that." But it's, do you know what? That's not for you. Mm. You have your own relationship, yep. and it's so personal mm. that it would almost dishonor your relationship if you want it to look like mm. another person's relationship yep. or another person's marriage. Because it's like it's intimacy, right? God wants that intimacy. He wants mm. to be that intimate with you that it's actually personal. Yeah. What you guys do together, what your secret place looks like shouldn't come out of a textbook. It's something that God wants to develop with yeah. you. So true. And when we look at other people's relationships with God, it can actually discourage us or it can almost rob the uniqueness of our relationship yeah. with Jesus. Yeah. Like the more the more I talk about my relationship with Jesus, the more I kind of look at it's like a marriage. Mm. And for those people who are married out there, you know that you can't be married with someone. Well, actually you can. You can be married with someone and do life and not spend any quality time with the person and they become your roommate. Mm. Yeah. And, yeah, you're married to them. Yeah. But you actually haven't had a conversation with them all week. You haven't been intimate in the bedroom. You haven't held hands. You haven't showed any affection. And it's different. Yeah. It's different from a marriage where you actually take time to have those um, open, vulnerable conversations where you are intimate, where you are affectionate. Mm. And it just, it's showing me that Jesus is calling us to that, yeah, that place, you know? So true. And you shouldn't be, you know, comparing. Yeah. I feel like comparison kills intimacy. Oh, boom. Let's go. It's so true. Yeah. Comparison kills intimacy. Yeah. You're not wrong. 
Yeah. Because we, we, we like, even just the, the day and age that we're in, it's all about comparison. Mm. It doesn't matter where you're at. It's, it, we, we are looking and it's all about comparison. You know, how's this example community or the topic we're talking like, you know, how does this, how's this, what's the latest go with this trend of a youth or church or dressing style or the way you speak or the way you got to do things. It's all comparison, mm-hmm. but like comparison can be an enemy. Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? But also I'd say like there's good comparison in the sense of like when you see somebody deep with God, like comparison can also be motivating mm-hmm. in the sense of like where you see a, a deepness, intimacy with God and you're like, wow, I want that. Or you see a marriage and you're yes. like, man, I want a marriage like that where it can be healthy. You admire it. Yeah. Yep. And it actually can stir you to a place where you actually want to, hey, you know what? I want to get deep with God like that. Mm. Yeah. So Jordan, yes. if you had to tell your old self, your old angry JT self, mm. something, what would you say? If I was to tell my old self something, what would Or I if say? you were to tell someone who was in, who is in your position now where you were before, sorry, mm. what would you say to them? Um, I think I would say like the words that really, I guess, changed my life, what my, what my friend Daniel said at that time, I'd say honestly, talk to God. Just be real. Mm-hmm. Like literally be real with where you're at. Mm-hmm. Tell him that you're upset because of this or tell him you don't believe in him because of this. Just actually have a conversation. Say, God, if you're so real, reveal yourself. Yeah. You know, God, I feel I feel abandoned. So can you show me that you haven't abandoned me? God, I feel like I don't feel loved. Will you love me? Will you give me a sign? And he will. I think that's that's what, that's the information I'd pass on to anybody, I guess, who's listening or anybody who is in a place where they're wanting to know God, don't, not even wanting to know God or used to know God and feeling far away. I'd say just actually be real. God wants us to be real because religion will tell us that we've got to do a certain, we've got to be a certain way or say a certain thing or be dressed up or go here at this time and do these sacraments and do these kind of regulations and rules where God says, come as you are. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, I don't, I don't look at the outside, but I look at the inside. Yeah. I look at the heart of the person. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's the best thing, shoot from your heart. Because we all know how to. And I guess the, the how we all know how to is because when we're by ourselves, that's how we speak from our heart. Yeah. Because when you're by yourself, you actually, all those thoughts that you get about yourself and it's actually your heart speaking where you feel so alone and you're, you're by yourself and in your bedroom and your, your career's not doing for it or you, you're, in a, you're in a marriage and you're unhappy and things aren't going well and you, your kids aren't listening to you or whatever aspect you might find yourself, you're alone, you're on the other side of the world, doesn't matter where you are in life and you find yourself, whether you're in addiction or you're not in an addiction, doesn't matter who you are, you're a businessman, you're successful, wherever you are, whoever you are, that void that you're looking for, trying to fill, that we all are, we don't always know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's actually Jesus who will fill it. And what we yes. need to do is actually say, Jesus, if you're real, and he'll lead you. Mm-hmm. He'll bring you Christians. He'll give you podcasts, TikToks, little messages. He will lead you to himself because he loves you. Yes. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I got, I got, I got, I encountered God through Steve Harvey. Shout out to you, Steve Harvey. Yeah, come on. Um, through, the, through the motivated TV section that he does. Yeah, well. He preaches in between, you know. Um, and yeah, he said it, you know, he's, he said it and, and I, I watched it and he said, he said, if you think life is working out for you, 
how's it worked out for you so far? If you think you can do mm-hmm. life without God, how's it worked out for you so far? And that mm-hmm. smacked me in the face. That was a, that was just that was a real man. That's yeah. what real. Got you. That's yeah. what got me. Yeah. So good. You know, it got. I mean, I had signs, wonders, and miracles, yeah. and all it's, the rest it's part of it. Of it. Yeah. Part yeah. of it. You yeah. know, but that played a huge part yeah. in my life. It was a massive prick. It you was know? a starting point. Yeah, absolutely. But it was because I was searching, man. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing, as you said. You know, ask. Matthew 7, 7, bro. Ask, seek, knock. Yeah, come on. Mm. You know? Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah come on. Everyone who seeks finds. Yeah. Test it, you know? Yeah, test it, man. You know? Literally. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Yeah. You know? And there's nothing wrong with testing. Yeah. God actually wants us to speak to him. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, like God's not scared of your questions. No, of mm-hmm. course not. You know, like so, so, like there's a lot of taboo things that we talk, say, oh, you know, you can't ask God that, but you, we can. Yeah. Like we can actually, you can question God in, in a way, like he's not afraid of your questions. Mm. There's nothing that you can't ask God or say to God. Yep. He's, he's, he will answer you. He will speak to you. And like, I, I just really, I don't, I don't know. I just really want to speak about this. I just feel it on my heart. You say, as we're talking, like, especially if, if, you understand what I mean if you, if I say this word prodigal. So I, I just feel like there's going to be a prodigal that listens to this. And um, I believe the Lord is is just speaking to you and actually just wants you to know, like like with the story of the prodigal, he actually loves you and he waits for you. And he's actually calling you. And it's nothing to do with shaming you out. It's nothing to do with, oh, I told you you shouldn't have done that. It's all about him just restoring you. Yeah. And good. loving you and washing you and kissing you and hugging you. Yeah. And putting his love on you. Because mm. I just, yeah, I just really feel this right now that, you know, there's somebody that's actually going to listen to this and you're actually, you've been, you, you love God, you've you served God and you've been with God, but you've, you've gone through a season now where you feel yourself that you you don't want him or you, you're chasing things that aren't him and you feel so far away from God and God wants to know that, God wants to let you know right now that he hasn't given up on you. Yeah. He sees you, he loves you and you are called and you are special and you are his child. doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter what the devil's shaming you about or your own actions that you've done, he loves you because he purchased you with his son, the blood of Jesus. Come on. Come yeah. back home. Wow, you can feel the Lord's presence. So good. Man, you've been such a blessing, man. Thank you for coming on um to our podcast. I'm blessed. Yeah, look, I'm very blessed. And I'm sure that our viewers are blessed too. Mm. But um, shout out to you, bro. Thank you. Oh, man, I'm super blessed. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come on and to um, share his story through my life, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah. That's we always, what say, is, we always say my story. It's true. It's my story, but it's his story. Yeah, it's true. He you wrote know? it. That's right. Yeah. He, he wove me in my mother's womb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I was actually, I was born um, two, and a half, two and a half months. I was in the hospital. I was born at 29 weeks premature. Um, the doctor said I wouldn't live. And the doctor said, if I was to live, I would have that many complications that I'd never be able to walk properly, that I would have tubes going in and out of my body, out of my lungs for the rest of my life, that, you know, I would have all kinds of complications. And it got down to the point, you know, I was just in an incubator. There was a photo of me the size of a margarine bottle or what do you want to call it? Container. Container, yeah. that's yeah. better words, yeah, container. And, um, yeah, I wasn't supposed to be alive today, you know, and the doctors actually said to my mum, she actually messaged me before this and she's just like, you remember that you were born 
this early and the doctors said well you know we've done everything that we can do and only those that make it through it's up to Jordan's decision now to fight if if he makes it through he'll be a fighter um but we know that it wasn't yeah it wasn't me who made it through it was the lord that made it made yes. it through me so yeah, even from a young child I guess the devil came, but, you know, it's a bad day for the devil because, you know, God is here with us <laughs> yeah. and we're out here. So, yeah, even just shout out to anybody who's, I guess, who's been given that that diagnosis, that call over your kid, over your child, that, you know, the doctors are saying that they're going to have to have this kind of life. You know, God isn't a God of limit. He's the all-powerful working God. He's supernatural. Yes. And he will heal and he will restore and all glory will, be, will come through your child. If you have a child that's going through a lot or who has been given a diagnosis that they're not going to live, in Jesus' name, you shall live. Amen. Amen. And this is why he's the man of fire, mate. Yeah. <laughs> fire in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> that's him right there. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that's another episode of What God Has Done. We're just so blessed that you've tuned in to our podcast. Um, click, like, share. Tell your friends, if you want to be on this podcast, reach out to us. If you want to support us, there's ways you can in the comments down below. Comment and share it around. We love you guys. We'll see you on the next episode of What God Has Done. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to our podcast. That's it for today. If you like our content, please click like and subscribe. And we'll see you next time. Bye for now.